you see, Lane, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're about to talk with Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider, of course. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. They'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order joining me now for locked on gators is brian smith locked on's recruiting insider and look he's here throughout all locked on college channel he's here basically every freaking day at this point on locked on <laughs> gators but we are talking about the just incredible wave of talent that is coming into gainesville with this past weekend billy napier and his coaching staff just destroying we're starting off with, at the time of recording, on Tuesday evening. That's right. That's the most, it. Yeah, because the Lord knows what they're going to do. But the most recent being Jamonta Waller, the edge slash linebacker from Mississippi, because he hashtag abandoned SIP, because uh, that's what happens with Lane Kiffin, as you can see signed here. You have around, you find out. And Jamonta Waller had, he said that Auburn was the favorite for him mainly because they had him playing edge and he'd get to play that Ron Roberts defense. And and that's great. That Jack spot. Many people do have concerns about Jamonta Waller's height and just length because he's listed as six foot and a half, depending on where you look, or he's listed as six foot two. If you're looking somewhere else, do you think maybe one of the big selling points for Jamonta Waller to actually come to Florida was look, we'll start you at edge. If size is a problem, we move you to linebacker, and guess what? We're going to be blitzing our linebackers almost 30% of the time anyway, so you still get to rush the passer frequently. They're going to tell him that he can play multiple spots because it's true. It's that simple. I mean, he's a guy that could play Will linebacker in a heartbeat, play strong side in a heartbeat, and he could probably play over the slot at least a little bit and against bigger guys, you know, maybe not a pure 5'9", 170 kid, and at least be competitive against some of those bigger receivers in the slot. He is a national recruit for a reason. It's, it's not that hard, man. Now, if you're not recruiting him at multiple spots, what is wrong with you? So that's that's how I would look at it. Yeah, he's Waller is my favorite player in the state of Mississippi, regardless of position, and it's a loaded class in that state. So that should tell you something. Yeah, that was something that we, we kind of touched on a little bit yesterday, where Florida's gone out of state so frequently this year, where – Yep. Last year, it was like 80-something percent of the class was was within that 500-mile radius, and now they've obviously branched out a little bit there. And I did want to ask about that because I've had comments about it before. Do you think that's just them branching out? Like, do you think that's this coaching staff just branching out? Do you think that's this coaching staff just going, hey, you're an elite football player, and we want you with the Florida Gators? Or And part of that also goes to, do you think that's just because there's so many other states I feel like we're hearing, oh, it's a strong class for them. Like I've heard Mississippi, great class. 
Texas, I've heard great class. Georgia, I've heard good class. Florida, not so much. And maybe that's why that might be playing and that might be coming into effect there. I think those combinations play a role. And it also matters that a number of kids that I've spoken to and told them to do differently, but they don't listen very well. Here in the state of Florida, they wait too long. These schools ain't waiting around, man. They're not waiting around. They're not getting left holding the bag and it being empty. So some of the kids that I thought would end up at really high-level schools, all their opportunities dwindle. You, you got you to gotta take it. And Napier and his staff are also selling UF, okay? They're not selling a beat-up pickup truck here. This is a new car coming off the assembly line. It's a pretty easy sell academically, socially, SEC, the swamp. I mean, you know, it's not hard. And to be honest, even Spurrier back in the day, who was not a recruiter, would get kids out of Mississippi, Tennessee, North Carolina and stuff. You get a kid on campus, like I said the other day, it's not that hard. And they've also got all those contacts. Remember now, Billy was at Louisiana. So you have to recruit Mississippi, Arkansas, and Texas. He knows all those areas. It's probably why a certain quarterback is committed to the Gators right now because he's from the Houston area. It wasn't that far from where Billy was coaching. They have a lot of contacts all over that area. It was a matter of time, and they had they got a full year to do it. I knew they would branch out more. Now, I didn't predict them to get Waller. Now, don't lie. You didn't either. But at the same time, this is what happens when you have a well-organized plan. Napier and his staff went out and organized it. They locked in the visits they wanted, and they said, Who, who's next? I mean, it's Florida's absolutely on fire more than any other team in the country with football recruiting. It's not debatable. Yeah, um, I was totally not expecting. I was expecting one guy on Monday night, and then I got the text, and I was like, nope, okay. I was like, okay, then it, it, it's Waller, which is, yeah, just something I really had no clue was going to happen. It's awesome, though, because it's great to get good surprises in recruiting every now and then. There you go. <laughs> also on the defensive side of the ball, I committed to Florida this past weekend, Aaron Childs. You've spoken about Aaron Childs before as someone that, you know, he, he can transform a defense. He's just one of those kinds of kids do you think he's someone who can come in day one? Because I know that you've talked so frequently about linebackers so much above the shoulders. Yes. Do you think that's something Aaron Childs can do here? He's a smart enough kid to do it. Now is the big question that won't be answered until he gets on campus. How much do they throw at him? Every coaching staff does it different. And I'm not going to name the school, but I had a friend who told me that they were out of practice and one of the kids that they, they'd signed was first practice or whatever. And he men mentioned that they want him to learn all three spots. My head about came off my shoulder. <laughs> Learning one as a freshman is all you want. The, the linebacker, I, I would have fired the guy. It's a terrible idea. You cannot do that. It, it, it's paralysis by analysis. It, it doesn't work that way, especially when a kid's as athletic as some of the kids at Florida sign, just front seven in general. See ball, kill ball works more often than not in college football. You don't have to run a bunch of fire zone like they do in the NFL because the quarterbacks are running post-snap reads and they understand stuff. These college quarterbacks don't get that. That's why they're in college. So don't overcomplicate it. Keep Childs in a basic position his freshman year. Let him go downhill most of the time. He'll be fine. First offseason, first chance to go through spring ball, he should expand his role like anybody else. But the guys that do the three spots in a year, how many of those kids are really successful? Not very many. Yeah, and that's an important thing to talk about with Florida as well because you look at Shamar James last year, 
played mostly just the will that didn't move inside much. You look at even offensively, Caleb Douglas, wide receiver, he played just the X and he even said, he was like, I'm going to eventually play every spot, but for now I'm just sticking with the X. So Florida seems to be taking that approach here. We interrupt this programming to tell you about the most comfortable shorts you're ever going to wear. Of course, I'm talking about bird dogs because you can go play basketball, go to the gym, go for a run, go for a walk. You can cook, go for a swim, relax, drink, enjoy the Florida Gators baseball game today at 2 p.m. Eastern time against TCU. You can do whatever you want in bird dogs, the most comfortable shorts you'll ever wear, the best, the most versatile shorts that you're ever going to wear. Go to birddogs.com slash Locked on college, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. But I did want to ask also how much of this success, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, you know, seven commits over the past three days, and what five of them are defensive players? How much of that do you think should go to maybe Austin Armstrong, who, yeah, I know it's just a team effort here, but he has been so constantly praised for his mindset. And he's also one of the youngest defensive coordinators in college football. Does that maybe help a bit on the trail right now? Absolutely. It does. Relationships are number one on the board. Florida has a lot to sell and that's not going to change. It's UF, but you eventually you don't commit to a logo. You commit to a person. Napier is the one that runs the program and his staff answer to him, but all of them must do a good job of building relationships. It's as simple as that. Think about Florida State when Bowden took over in the 70s. Nobody wanted to go there. They had a bunch of nice guys, and they just slowly built it. About five years after he was there, all of a sudden they were getting four- and five-star guys. It's relationships. Urban Meyer did the same thing when he took over at Florida in the mid-2000s. They weren't where they needed to be, but he could recruit, and he built relationships. What happened? They immediately went out and had top-five recruiting classes. It's the person wearing the shirt that matters the most. So Armstrong absolutely has a lot to do with it. The scheme matters and all that. But kids aren't going to commit to UF or any place else if they don't believe in the guy wearing that shirt. So, yeah, a lot of props, to be honest, for the entire defensive staff because that, that's a big deal to get that many good players like Georgia wanted, LSU, those kind of schools in a short amount of time. It's absolutely tremendous. Yeah, and continuing just the defensive success – You've mentioned loving Amaris Williams. He, he's yeah. a guy that you're a big fan of. What is it about his play that really stands out to you? First step, he just beats the guy in front of him, first step. It's just one of those, are, I'm so much better than you, there's nothing you can do schematically to stop me. That's it. I, I know that's not a very high-level thought process kind of answer, but I'm just better than you. And then he also has, has a high motor. Him and uh, Waller, in a lot of ways, are similar. Different sizes, but they're very talented players in that first step. And, and they have the strength. Once they get an elbow by, get a shoulder by, it's just a matter of how hard they're going to hit the guy in front of them at that point. So putting them on each edge, at least to start, Florida will have as good an edge class as there is in the country. Yeah, uh, thank goodness, because Lord knows they – um haven't <laughs> lately they needed yeah. that they've absolutely needed that so, yes yeah. thankfully for that one on the interior because i mean yes amaris williams on the edge for most of the time and then 
uh, Jamonte Waller on the edge for most of the time there. But on the interior, they brought in some massive dudes as well with Nasir Johnson and Makai Boyro. How do you think that they can kind of all complement each other here? You've got Makai Boyro, who's just a, an absolute unit. <laughs> You've got Nasir Johnson, a great athlete. And then Amaris and Jamonte Waller, just, just talent throughout. How has Florida kind of built this class to be complementary players on that line? The key there is Makai, because if you're going to run an odd man front, and I'm not trying to get too techy here, but there's there's no soft way to do this. You've got to have a big nose guard. He's lost weight and he's 348 pounds. That is a very large young man. Okay, you can't teach that kind of girth and that pant size. He is what he is. So that gives them more options on what they do when they go short yardage defense. First and 10, they want to run shifts and just slant, just basic thing. Basically, what Georgia does, you know they're going to shift right before the snap and they're going to slant. They've been doing it for years. Has anybody stopped them? No. Why? Their guys are better than yours. They take really big guys that run really fast and have more of them than you. That's I, I know that's really boring too, but that's Georgia just run, runs out waves of defensive linemen. And they're all freaking good. So Florida's just trying to match that. And I have a feeling because, again, Makai's a really unique player. You can play him at nose in a one-tech, but if you play him head up in a zero occasionally or do some weird things, bare fronts, then you can make your defense more volatile and teams have to prepare for more. That's when the fun begins because then you're you're worried about him and then everybody on the edge with those two guys we just talked about are one-on-one. That's not That's not very friendly for an offensive line coach to deal with. Yeah, uh, as you were talking, I was just trying to imagine what things would look like next year. And I was like, imagine Makai Boiro and Desmond Watson just both. Uh, like, I'm like in a goal line situation. Just you imagine, could. You them, could. Just imagine the, the huge body. That's what, 750 pounds, 800 pounds of dude just, just right in the A-gap would be. I, I just can't wait for it. But when, when we talk about the interior defensive linemen, I feel like it's it's pretty rare for true freshmen to come in and, and be able to actually contribute right away in the SEC. So how difficult does that make just the evaluation process? Because you know that they're almost certainly not contributing early on. And so much of whenever they do get ready depends on, you know, trimming some fat, changing that to muscle, getting some power there. So how difficult is it to evaluate and then find the right recruits to go after for a team? That really is a, one of those above the shoulders deals too, because you can see frames and you can see speed and change direction. You can't see attitude. The stuff that we're talking about, the difference between winning and losing is what you want to do to be great. I'll, I'll give you something on, I was scrolling the other day on Instagram, Kenny Smith, who does TNT, the NBA, when he came out of high school, he was not just good. He was a week, like he had 50 plus offers. He was that guy. But he wasn't that guy right away. And it was because his coach told him, you need to work a lot harder. He did all the little things to do that. Walking stairs, taking instead of taking the whole nine yards. Completely changed his body. This is before trainers and all that. And then when people came by Archbishop Malloy in New York, they're like, who's that guy? And that's how he got all the offers. Are you going to have that kind of do it for myself and my long-term attitude? Or are you going to go party with your buddies and chase girls? That stuff coaches can't control, and that's why recruiting is such a difficult thing. There aren't very many Kenny Smiths athletically, let alone from a mentality standpoint. You have to have that, and that's not just to be good. That's to be great. 
every day, eating the right thing, going to bed at the right time. Teenagers don't do much right in general. Now it's just try to give them all this praise and give them a free scholarship and expect them to do perfectly well. Not, not normally going to happen. That's, that's why it's hard, man. But if you can get somebody to start a trend and that's why they talk about leadership so much, if you get a leader in the class, like Lagway probably is for the 24 class, you have a better chance of it. And I think they've got a lot of great kids that want to be NFL players. This could be the class that kind of changes the further down the line trajectory like the next year or so, I don't expect Ford in the playoff, but they could make a big jump by 25. That's my expectation. So you got to have guys like this, like a Waller, like a Wagway. If you don't, you're not you're not going to beat the Georges and the LSUs of the world, but they're headed in the right direction because the kids are recruiting. Yeah, uh, you need especially mentally tough kids when you look at that 2024 schedule. It's going to be, hey, you're a true freshman. That's what you have to go into. So, uh yeah, that's the number one schedule in the country next year, no question. Yeah, yeah, it ain't even close. It, it, it's, <laughs> gonna be, it's gonna be such a pain. But <laughs> I, I hated I it I was thinking about it. But hey, hell of a class coming in <laughs> for Florida. Uh, defensively, we've talked that they've killed it. Offensively, past few days they've only added two people lately, and it's Amir Jackson and Marcus Maskell. With Amir Jackson, I mean, I know he's great athlete, plays basketball, all this stuff. Can he become long-term a legitimately like elite college flex tight end? And can he play on the inside? That's something where Florida, oh, they're going to put you in line. They're going to play you flex. They're going to move you around. And for Amir Jackson, he's the guy right now at tight end in the class. He better eat something. Uh, that's the first thing. Like steak is his friend. Tuna is his friend. Like high-end protein stuff. He needs to gain 25 pounds to play in line. I mean, the SEC on the edge is not friendly. There are guys 240, 250 that have been in the weightlifting program at Alabama and LSU and stuff for three, four years. You better eat something, young man. Peanut butter, uh, protein shakes, you know, whatever it may be. Could he be in time? Yeah. But I imagine he's probably better suited to, to redshirt his freshman year. I don't know if they have the ability to do that. Depends on injuries and transfers and all but I think he needs to start out wide first. Um, be who you are. He's a jump ball guy that can take it off your head and dunk on you on a basketball court. And he's also a guy that can kind of dunk on you in the back end of the end zone. Doesn't mean he can't like angle block and down block and stuff, but I don't see him bullying a whole lot of linebackers as a freshman. That's hard, man. It really, really is. Cause freshman and coming out of high school, the difference between the weight training he's getting now and what he'll get at UF is night and day. It's just night and day. So strength program for anybody that plays with his hand in the dirt, way more important than anything else. It's wide receivers. You can play because you can just make a guy miss. Can't do that at tight end. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing Amir Jackson at, you know, six, five, two ten, And then Hayden Hansen six, six, two sixty, And just, just watching them in the red zone. Just be like, Hey man, just throw that up. One of them will come down with it at some point. Um, but then moving a little bit inside, Marcus Maskell, he's here, and we know that he's thought of as someone who's going to rise the rankings because he's an athlete, and that's why he was considering NC State and LSU. Do you think he's someone who can play early with just the transition to the SEC, a wide zone style that's going to – it includes a lot of pre-snap movement, communication along the line – 
is it reasonable to think he can be just even a rotational piece early on for, I mean, Napier in his, it was just his first year, but he rotated offensive linemen somewhat frequently. If you're playing true freshman on the offensive line at Florida, you and I are not going to have friendly podcasts. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Look, you, you can sign whatever players you want. Doesn't matter what era, whatever. O-line is where freshman offensive linemen go to die. I mean, it's just like, it's terrible to do that. There, there's so few. There will be like three or four in a class in the entire country that are really good. It happens. It's random. Um, some guys even get some mention, but, you know, it, let's, let's let him redshirt. <laughs> that's that's what they need. And if they're short, that's, that's why the O-line for Portal is as highly contested as any position because it takes forever to develop. And coaches don't want to wait because they're afraid to get fired. Nobody has any patience. And that's, that's the other thing. If you can get one or two Portal guys a year on the O-line, you can take fewer offensive linemen in high school, but the ones you do take, they get time to develop. That's the better plan. Yep. Important to note that Florida, while they brought in uh, four offensive linemen from the high school class in 2023, they also brought in three or four transfer portal offensive linemen here. So there you go. Yeah, they've been taking that approach. And of course, they had success in this transfer portal with none other than Osiris Torrance. So they're, right. they're doing that. It's yeah. a good example. Really good example. Yeah, so, so they've had great time there. Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Lockdown College channel. And guess what? He's going to be here again tomorrow on Lockdown Gators. So thank you so much, Brian. All right, buddy. Have a great night. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, as always, we'll be back tomorrow with Brian Smith again to talk more Florida Gators recruiting. What's next? For the Gators? No, we're, we're going to talk about that one. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Lot Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see each and every one of you tomorrow.